0: eventually going to get back to someone important right
1: uh
0: yeah i think on the show you believe so mm-hmm. used to go by mondo King on the indies holy shit mm-hmm. i i can't wait i mean because i feel the last couple of episodes i feel we've been in a little bit of a of a downturn from our you know importance factor well i mean back when was important right yeah but then we did godfather Mm, and that's the most least important person ever. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I guess the king is somewhat important. <laughs> yeah, he had
1: a couple good ones.
0: That's true. That's true. And obviously today we're dealing with exclusively main eventers. Mm.
1: Yeah. Of maybe like the Northeast Wrestling Association, Indie Promotion, in 1995 would love to have these five guys on top.
0: No kidding. Or what about um, down south? One of them mm. is a legitimate main eventer. True. True. All right, now entering the Royal Rumble, you know the drill. Uh, We're ranking every single appearance of every single person in every single Royal Rumble event. Um, Now, without looking, would you like to venture a guess of how many we have ranked so far? 425. Very close. We're 229.
1: Mm, Well, half. I I doubled.
0: Yeah, but but it feels like double at times. It does. A Godfather alone was like a third of those. (laughs) I know. Wait till we get to Rikishi. Who are you looking least forward to, Triple H or Kane? Um, Maybe, I don't know.
1: <laughs> I guess Triple H, I feel like he has probably longer, but that's without looking at any times or anything. I think like Kane at least like has a big of eliminations and stuff like that, like exciting type stuff.
0: I'm pretty sure they come in the same year too. Right. Yeah, yeah, they do. They both debut in 96, so.
1: Yeah, 96, yeah.
0: No um he's not in his Yank yeah, I guess ninety six would be in Yankem. Yeah, okay. Ninety six is a big debut year. You get Triple H, Kane, and Steve Austin.
1: Yeah. And Doug Gilbert.
0: I can't wait. That fucking – i I'm going to tear that dance up. When we get there, you be, <laughs> remember remember this warning about this dude's dance when he comes down to the side of the, the ring. Well, I like – uh,
1: Mr. Perfect has like no idea who he is at first. He's like, who's this? And then <laughs> Vince says it, and he's like, oh, yeah, I team with his brother right here. In the but then, No recollection of who Doug Gilbert was, yeah, despite being tag partners with Eddie.
0: <laughs> he had a brother? <laughs> oh, God. And uh, so after today, we will have also um, dealt with 80 guys all right that's not bad that seems
1: like we've done more of those though too but i think it's just the nature of this so many have just levels of multiple appearances so yeah
0: and when you run into guys like godfather who are in like 10 rumbles it's right okay Okay. it feels like a lot yeah and then they all blend like a guy like him too is just really egregious because it just all blends together right well there'll be no blending today now entering the royal rumble he ever said it
1: the most famous moon until buster moon in the sing series
0: oh shit uh interesting so he comes in number eight in 1993 mm. interesting high-pitched pop for him <laughs> you think they thought it was the rocketeer coming out oh my god the Rocketeer! <laughs> the, the,
1: the, i mean that's who this was supposed to be right that's like the when did that come out wasn't that like 91 or something wait 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 this was supposed to be the rocketeer well, not supposed to be the Rocketeer, but meant to play off the Rocketeer,
0: I would assume. But the Rocketeer, okay. So, okay, this is a good time to ask this then. Okay. Is he from space? Is is he supposed to be from space? I don't fucking know. So the
1: movie came out in 1991. This character debuts in the summer of '92. Um, the movie it went in '91, June of '91. Right around, it was competing with Suburban Commando. I think it came out around the same time. Sure, it's um, Suburban Commando. So this. I would assume Max Moon was meant to be something along the lines of
0: this. Yes. But wasn't the Rocketeer – I've never seen the Rocketeer. No, me neither. But, but. I'm – as far as my understanding, it's set during World War like two or one, and it's a guy right. fighting Nazis.
1: Yeah, I think it's just the idea of like a – you know – guy guy with a mask that flies around
0: well this guy is but this guy is like a rainbow threw up on him like it's it's completely like,
1: i know <laughs> i just think it's that idea it's like how wcw had arachno man right that was kind of like supposed to be like spider-man but it look completely different with the purple and yellow
0: was there like a famous alien movie that came out around here that he might be playing off of well men in black hadn't started yet right no that would have been a good comparison mm. do you think this is their version of et I think it's supposed to
1: be like a rocketeer superhero type thing. That's well, what I think.
0: Well, it's stupid. <laughs> now this is Conan already, right?
1: Um, yeah. Uh no, I think he's already gone.
0: He's already gone?
1: Yeah, so he actually debuted like in 92. So Conan wrestled multiple dark matches in June or July 92. Then he wrestled as a guy named El Real Ampago, who eventually um, – so he would wrestle like that a couple times. Then he received the gimmick known be known for, which is Max Moon. Originally was the Comet Kid. That was the original name. I don't know if you recall that. Uh, he was supposed to be a cyborg from the future or out of space, out, outer space. It's a cyborg? Mm. That's even weirder. So he, he debuted on September 1st as Comet Kid had three televised matches and then left after a disagreement with Vince McMahon.
0: Well, Vince is like, we're yeah. going to make you a barbarian, obviously.
1: All right. And he, Vince was pissed because he had heavily invested in the Max Moon character.
0: What does uh, that mean? Is that just the costume?
1: I guess. And all the vignettes. They did do a bunch of big vignettes. I remember hyping it up. Damn it.
0: <laughs> it's got to look real. He's a cyborg.
1: So it was given to Paul Diamond anyway. So by this point, it's Paul Diamond for sure. Right. Conan's not moon for more than a couple weeks in ninety two and that's it. Oh.
0: I was I was I thought I was watching Conan here.
1: Uh sadly no. Unless you're watching T B S late night. You were not you're not watching Conan. <laughs> or Conan. Anyway, he does nothing. He flies in, he goes right at Ric Flair and the King, hits a nice drop kick. He got a little spotlight for his moment. Yeah. yeah. Uh takes it right to Flair. Spends a lot of time with him, or all his time, not a lot of time, but all his time. Well
0: he, then backed- he tries to he backdrops yeah. him and almost loses his mask. He does.
1: We would have all been revealed that it was Kato. Uh, then he tries a spin wheel kick on King, uh, but King ducks and he flies out. So that's it for the Moon Man. Uh, I, I would say this is probably his second uh, biggest appearance other than the first Raw where he fights. Is it Shawn Michaels? He fights on the first Raw?
0: I don't even remember. I think so. Yeah, like he's in 90 seconds and Flair is mm-hmm. almost getting him out right away. Um, I do. He does hit the spin kick on Lawler at one point. Yes, uh, but no one gives a shit that he's gone, and I don't even think they mentioned that he gets tossed. Uh, no, I don't. I, well, isn't it kind of right on the
1: cusp of like Gonzalez coming out when all that's happening? I don't think so. Because Satanka is nineteen. Yeah, Moon is eight. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, I look at the wrong guy. Um, yeah, you're right. No, I don't, I don't know. Was it perfect? The perfect stuff? I feel like something was going on when he gets tossed. Like, it might
0: have been perfect.
1: Something big was about to go down.
0: But still, th- there's no mention of it. Like not even later. You know how sometimes they're like, "Oh, where's Max Moon? Oh, he got eliminated." That didn't even happen. Yeah, I don't think they cared. I'm sure it's perfect. Is that what you're looking up right now? No. I was waiting for you to just talk. No. Oh. I closed the in- I closed the inflection though. <laughs> I went zeros
1: except for creativity, a game of one, because um, I did like the spin kick. I feel yeah. like he tried. He goes at flare, goes at Lawler. I thought I, this was a decent little ninety seconds for him.
0: Yeah, it's not his fault. They're not. They're presenting him as. Was it understood that he was a cyborg from outer space?
1: I, look, I don't know. I'm just going by Wikipedia. I thought it was the Rocketeer. Apparently, that was wrong. Um, <laughs> so I have no idea. But he was the comic kid. Then he was Max Moon. I guess I, – I definitely know that they ran a bunch of vignettes for a comic kid. Um, so, yeah, I guess they felt like they put a lot of time and money into the, the look, All the right. concept. He probably paid a bunch of people to come up with the concept and to design this concept. Right.
0: I mean I feel like he just has those guys on staff. Right. Well, that gives, I have the same score as you. Zero is just one for creativity. That gives him a score of two. Is he better than Coco Beware, nineteen eighty nine? Probably not. Dino Bravo, nineteen ninety. Probably. <laughs>
1: <All> right, <laughs> no, right. Bravo's in there with Quake and stuff, right? I mean, that's yeah. okay.
0: Martell, nineteen ninety five. Mm,
1: no, I feel funny doing
0: that. Okay, Godfather, two thousand.
1: <sighs> He's Godfather was super over in two thousand, right? No, Even though he doesn't do anything. Yeah, not him. No. Warlord, ninety one. I don't even remember what that was, so yes.
0: Okay. So he'll be World Order 91 That brings him that, – that lands Max Moon in his only appearance. One minute, 56 seconds total, zero eliminations. <laughs> Not exactly lighting the world on fire, mm-hmm. Uh, but that lands him at uh, 206th overall. Okay. So
1: here's a little bit more from Wikipedia under the diamond entry. So his name was Maximilian Moon, Max Moon for short. Diamond wasn't originally intended to play Maximum. The gimmick was created for Conan, but Conan left. It says, Diamond fit the costume. He was picked to take over the character. <laughs> Very elaborate powder blue bodysuit with markings meant to make, look like a circuit board, while protruding rings around his arms made him look outlandish. The elaborate outfit also came with two wrist devices to shoot out fireworks and a jetpack that made him look like a man of the future. Diamond would wrestle and defeat Terry Taylor on the house shows in 92. Biggest victories over Rick Martel and Repo Man, both by DQ. On the December seventh, nineteen ninety-two, prime time, he teamed with High Energy in a six-man tag against the Beverly Brothers and the Genius. So that might be his best match right there. Mm-hmm. On January eleventh, ninety-three, fought Shawn Michaels on the very first Monday Night Raw, lost matches to guys like Skinner. His only pay-per-view was at the Rumble. In late February, Diamond's contract expired and Max Moon was gone. And then he would head to ECW
0: by the end of the year. Paul Diamond did so. Were you aware that Paul Diamond is Croatian? Uh, no. His real name is Thomas Boric. Oh, mm. well, they had him wrestle as everything else but a crochet. Yeah. A what? Vince didn't know what it was. <laughs> Sounds made up. <laughs> Before he was a professional wrestler, Boric was a professional soccer player. Sounds Boric to me. Hey-oh. You know what's never Boric is early TNA. Mmm. And every other Tuesday, you get TNA Never Dies with myself, you, and Jenny Smith, and it has been a ride.
1: It, uh, it, Yes. Yes, a ride.
0: Ride a d- through hell. Yeah, Ride right through hell and right into the sweet embrace of insanity. Uh, mm-hmm. But that's going on every other se- uh, Tuesday on the North South Connection Podcast Network. And that runs in tandem with Jake Williams' Ruthlessly Aggressive Podcast.
1: Yeah, which uh, you know, he's finally about to hit or is hitting nineteen ninety uh, <laughs> we're nineteen ninety three. In two thousand three now, um, finished his first calendar year. So that's exciting. He started right after WrestleMania eighteen and is headed now toward WrestleMania nineteen. So shows you how much time it takes to really go through like all that weekly T V and stuff that um he's been doing that show consistently for almost what, two full years now and yeah. and he's just hitting his second calendar year.
0: At this rate, by the time we get to the PG era it'll be twenty thirty.
1: Tells you where we should be on TNA never dies if we had any kind of regularity to do it.
0: Maybe we'd be somewhat out of this, but
1: yeah, we'd almost be to 04 probably.
0: Because it's in 04 where they start doing. That's the last year of weekly, right? Uh, yeah,
1: yeah. I'm trying to think of where because how did the Impact Zone started when it, around when Impact starts? There's some crossover. I think it's in late 04 okay. where they start Impact but still have the weeklies for a little bit. Right. Um, And then those go away, and then Impact is all over the place. It's like on Fox Sports when it starts, and then it's on, like, the web, and then Spike picks it up in 05 when Raw leaves back for USA.
0: Now, the contrast to this is the blazing pace at which Cronoso is moving on. It's blazing. Tell us about it. Well, every single day, uh, someone breaks down one match from WWF history for you. We started with WrestleMania 1, and we're hitting all the WrestleManias, Mm -hmm. Saturdays, and Mega Cards. And I believe if we keep the pace up by the end of the year, we'll be done through uh, 80, I want to say, we're into 1989 by then. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because, I mean, especially at the beginning where there's only four pay-per-views a year in Saturday Night's Main Event. But it it is a fun project. It's a 10-minute blast every day where someone goes through a match, breaks it down, gives you the highs, the lows, the absurdities. Uh, So if you want something just quick to kind of give a a jolt to your day, Cronoso dropping every day on North-South. now entering the royal rumble
1: harder for you this or tna never dies like watching a tna for that
0: I, well i guess the tna because tna is longer is it (laughs) 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 well i mean this is almost half a tna um this why did they pick him instead of fred Kitao?
1: I think Frank Katow burned all bridges when he had the shoot fight with John Tenta <laughs> in uh, <laughs> SWS or whatever in 91. So I think he's cooked by this point.
0: All right. Look, I'm going to try my best to be objective here. Uh, <laughs> 1993. He comes in number nine. This yeah. is, so let's start positive. This is fr- – hey, man. This is great. Tenru's here. Is this his first appearance since WrestleMania 7?
1: Yeah. I don't – I mean, uh, yes. in In – wf in america i mean they have those sure. like i said those shows with like sws or whatever and i think he was part of those but um did he team with hogan was in the him against the uh, road warriors or whatever I believe so but-, but yeah he hadn't been on tv like they just announced him as a competitor and again there's rumors from around this time you know i saw it in the herb, herb coons tidbits or on the TV podcast and other places uh that he was originally scheduled to then fight jerry lawler at wrestlemania which I, I don't know how they would have gotten there. <laughs> that would have been interesting. I'm guessing it wouldn't have been much of a feud besides Lawler probably being racist. So it's probably good that it didn't happen. Yep. Um, but yeah, this is it. He's like one and done until the next year.
0: Imagine you're in the building and you're counting down with excitement like who's coming next and this guy comes out. I feel like that
1: happens with every Rumble though. Yeah. Like just today is like Mad Cat Moss. <laughs> like you're in the you're in the arena and he comes out. It's like yeah. But at least people At least Tenu he... is like a
0: legend though. But I I agree that he's a legend. I don't watching these <laughs> rumbles, it's not <laughs> clear why. But at least people know who Mad Cat Moss is. Like I, I would imagine tons of people at this show have no clue who this dude is.
1: Yeah, I mean unless they were watching in ninety one or have some Intellect of Japanese wrestling, I guess. Or, I
0: mean, maybe maybe magazines like PWI and stuff. Maybe. I just think it's harder to be into Japanese wrestling in 1993 than it is today. Right. Right. Just, just from an accessibility standpoint. So he comes in. Bobby calls him the Japanese champion. Very unclear about what championship that is. Gr- great. I will say, great chops on Flair to start. Mm-hmm. Flair opens up on him. And it's like these two knew each other and went nuts on each other. It's a bit of a cool dream match in a way. Yeah. Yeah, I could see this being a good match on any other card, not in a Royal Rumble. And Bobby
1: does say, Bobby does say, this is why it's called
0: Chop Suey. Yeah, I love uh, it. It It popped me. Uh, And Gorilla's like, not from that! (laughs) (laughs) He hates anything Bobby says. I know. (laughs) Their their chemistry is keeping this match alive for me, I feel. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and out of nowhere, Ted DiBiase in this chop fest, Ted DiBiase walks up and punches him in the ear. And I thought that had to be a mistake. Like he must've been moving his head or something. Right. Right. Uh, but then he lights up Ted with chops and Uh at this point, so he's been in there like, I don't know, maybe a minute. He already has nothing to do.
1: Yeah, he looks lost immediately, and this this is a through line for both his appearances. Yes. Um, but I do like it's just when you look at the names he's in there with, it's like they could have been so much cool stuff. Like him and Flair, him and DiBiase, him and Lawler, him and Backlund. Like those are the first four guys, and then perfect, he gets into it with like those, like those are all kind of dream matches in a way. If they could have fought, and you know we've got classic vintage ten It's Like this is stuff well, that could have been really cool. Instead, it's just bland and yeah he, he's already walking around looking for something to do
0: well and it's it's that and when he does do something like he does this he gives the worst elbow drop i've ever seen to Teddy biasi mm. like he throws his body on the ground his body hits and then like a clear second after the elbow hits the body right it's meant to
1: be like some kind of corkscrew elbow or whatever it looked like it looked <laughs> like, like a
0: drunken master fall to the ground elbow
1: it was it – was, uh, yeah, it's an odd showing. Like, I don't know if he thought this was a strategy where he's like kind of cunning and like walking around waiting – like instead of bringing the fight, like kind of waiting his time. But it definitely came across like he looked like he didn't know what he was doing out there.
0: He's watching people fight, right? Like he's he's right. watching perfect beat-up flair. He's just looking lost and unimpressed. He stands around while Virgil beats Lawler. Is it the politeness of the Japanese or is he just a lo- lost? Yeah, I don't know if he just wasn't. I don't know.
1: I, I think he thought it was like a strategy, but it doesn't just doesn't come across that way. Like the, the strategy is he's going to let the fight come to him instead of going at guys because it's smarter to wait things out. Like that's what it felt. But he also definitely the way this came across just looked like he didn't really know his cues. He does take some hard kicks from Berserker. Um, and then other than that, he just chops whoever comes his way. Like that's it. And then eventually he just charges Undertaker and gets thrown out.
0: <laughs> I You know, you, you've skipped ahead of all of his walking around i know i hate to take away all those minutes of walking around but i mean other than what i just noted that's all he did was walk around because it's the problem is too is it's like there's too many moments like there's 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 moments where like it's not even that everyone's paired off and he has no one like there's odd numbers of people and he's just he's just choosing not to do anything he's like a fucking tourist in there yeah like I, i don't understand like Like, and at one point he starts going after DiBiase and I feel like a ref was like, do something like, like giving him notes from the backstage. Right. Right. And even the, the perfect elimination, like perfect, all that, 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 that stuff's happened to perfect. He's just standing in the background. (laughs) Yes. It's like, it's like, he's not a competitor. It's like he, like he walked into the ring for like, it's like he walked into the building by accident, like looking for, I don't know, going to find a restaurant. He walked down the aisle. He ended up in the ring. And, like, he's, he's got no reason to be there. Right. Finally, he attacks him when you're right. And then, yeah, he runs a Taker and Taker backdrops him out. Fuck this guy. And the only time the announcer said his name was when he attacked Taker. Mm-hmm. Because it was the only thing in Proactive he did in the match.
1: Right. No, yeah, he did nothing else. I mean, it's just the novelty stuff with the other legends. By other than that, it's walking around and throwing some chops. Just, just – and it's somehow not even going to be his worst rumble, as we'll talk about in a minute. But he um, – This is the good one. Yeah, I, I – <laughs> a one for presentation because at least he's kind of like a name and they talk him up and he's in there with some other
0: legendary guy so like that's kind of cool yeah i'm, I'm at a zero then i don't find they talk him up <laughs> <laughs> they call him a japanese champion they make fun of him they say his, his chops are chop suey, and then like oh he ran at the undertaker <laughs> i don't know i don't give him a one for
1: creativity <laughs> one. i i think just because of the <laughs> uh chop fest with flair was really good and i kind of liked him going at it with debiase and then king it's all garbage after that but i gave him i gave him one point
0: if he had been if his character had been someone who walked in off the street by accident i would have given him a point of creativity yeah but no he was committed to that walking (laughs) he's trying to get his steps
1: in he was ahead of the game
0: (laughs) uh zero for effectiveness though right Mm. yeah yeah Yeah. look it's if I could give a
1: negative, I give a negative.
0: <laughs> I know, right? This this would be the one that I would bust out, <laughs> break the system. He's in there 13 minutes too. It, it, it's too long. It's 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 crazy. That's a two. Can we put him at the bottom of the twos? Uh, yeah, I'm okay with that. Okay, good. Good. That's 216th
1: <laughs> Well, it's about to be even worse. Um, so let's go to 1994.
0: Okay, I want to just later. tell you, this is yes. the only one, you can go on, but this is the only one that before I watched it, I put all zeros. <laughs> I was like, no, I know what this is. I'm going to watch it. I respect the audience enough to watch it and take notes, but it's zeros.
1: <laughs> it's not good. That's for sure. Um, all right, so he comes out at 24, and he actually has a storyline this time. He has been brought in by Mr. Fuji, along with the great Kabuki, to ensure that Lex Luger does not make it. To WrestleMania, but does did, not win this match and challenge Lex, uh, Yokozuna for the championship. So this is the story coming in.
0: Did any, we even? Yeah. Did anyone explain this story to him? Right. So we're gonna
1: get there. So this is the story as he comes in, and we do see him earlier or before he comes out where we see backstage him and Kabuki attack Luger in the locker room, and uh, so we we kind of get the double tease that we got the same we got with Brett that we get with Luger too, where they don't think he's gonna show up because of this attack, but he does. Uh, and so does Tenru. So as soon as Tenru comes out, DiBiase makes it very clear what the storyline is he says Tenru is literally only here a mercenary to, to ensure that Luger doesn't win. and Tenru's rubbing his hands. he goes right at Luger. we get some strikes, some hard chops. so they're they're really you know playing it up. he goes he's taking his job seriously at, at first, right? He's right on at Luger. DiBiase's hyping it up and then things go sideways. <laughs> he moves on
0: from Luger but he, what you just said is exactly right he just casually moves on
1: yeah it's just a weird approach given the gig he's here to do like he should be on him until he eliminates him but instead he ends up fighting greg valentine
0: in yeah. the corner for a while luker's down he's yeah. got luker down and he walks i i wrote runs i don't know why i wrote that there's no way that's true he, he walks away to help a group of people lift greg is there a bounty on greg valentine <laughs>
1: Maybe he's just mad at him from WrestleMania 7. Maybe they get in a fight in catering.
0: <laughs> hey, I but want so to even if that's Power the bomb. case,
1: he, he doesn't go back to Luger. He goes to Sparky Plug, and he's just another guy. Like, he just ignores Luger. It's like he's actively ignoring Luger. Yeah. He goes after Bret Hart when he comes in. And he doesn't even look at Lex. He'd rather walk in circles than go by Lex at this point. He walks around him at times. There is, like, Fuji better not pay this guy. Like, I'd be like, fuck you. You did not do
0: your job in any way. There is zero focus on him. And when the, pan, the camera pans back, there's one point where the camera pans back. He's just standing in the center of the ring, literally doing nothing. He's just standing there in the center while everyone else is fighting. Well, and then Luger
1: thinks so little of him that Ted comes back and throws some chops. Luger dusts him and then leaves him and walks away. Like, he yeah. doesn't even throw him out. He doesn't even give a shit. Like, that's how little this mercenary is
0: affecting him in this match. It, 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 yeah, like, he's chopping Holly instead of going after Luger. Like, and at, at this point, Luger's alone. He's just alone. Right. And there's 11 guys in the ring, and this guy can't find one thing to do? He walks, and there's a point where Tatanka's there. He walks past three guys. Tatanka goes to grab him, and he does this little, like, prance away. Like, I'm like, you're not fighting anybody.
1: Like, again, it might be his strategy not to engage, but his whole purpose of being here is to go after Luger. Yeah, I, I, I do think he got some good punches on Jannetty. He was a little
0: aggressive with that, I thought. Sure. But, like, there's a point, like, when he fights Brett, like, him and Crush team up to break Brett's knees. Mm-hmm. But, like, he's sta- there's one point where he's standing right beside Luger. Like they're they're just standing there next to each other. Walks away. At another point, Luger's literally hanging over the ropes trying to get Crush out, and he walks he walks past them. He, I like. It's not even that he didn't see them. He walks <laughs> past them and stands in the corner.
1: It's like a video game where like you're controlling him against the whole
0: point of the game. Yeah, he gets in the way. Uh, I love to. Not only is he like not doing anything, but he gets in the way of the Marty Sean kick spot. Like, they fight, and then, like, they go for the super kick, but he's in the way. And he they have to move him to, to like, do the <laughs> – like, he he's doing around when Adam Baum – he's standing around while Adam Baum has declared the winner. Then at one point, he's just kneeling in the – I look at one point. I'm like, what's he doing now? He's kneeling in the corner. He's found a way to do less. I, and, like, yeah. everybody's in at this point. He's still there. Like, and I can't even t- – and I'm like, where is he? Like, I can't even tell where he is. I'm like, is he lying in the corner now? Is he taking a nap? He does some fucking bullshit with Mo. He walks around. He lays down. Luger stomps him. Then he makes the final five. And then Luger is lying there all alone, and he doesn't go near him.
1: No, it's awful. He, yeah, Luger takes it to him. anytime the time they do engage, it's just a real poor showing as a mercenary.
0: D- um, DiBiase is like, yeah. this is one of Japanese Japan's best. I don't think DiBiase <laughs> has ever been more wrong about anything, and he's been wrong a lot. Yeah.
1: This – so his night ends with a thud pretty quickly when Luger and Brett throw him out. And, I mean, this is – he's a complete failure. Like, he had a couple cool moments with some of the strikes, but the approach and logic made no sense. And he didn't need to be out there for 15 minutes. Like – 17. 17. We should have done what Kabuki did. Like, he should have came out, went right at Luger, and Luger throws him out. Why don't – why not have Tenryu and Kabuki come out back-to-back? Fuji paid off whoever – And they come up back-to-back, they double Luger, and Luger pitches them both. Like, that's all we needed. That would have been perfectly fine. As opposed to that, we we already have a clogged ring in this match with, like, 14, 15 guys at a time. We didn't need, like, him in there, too. Uh,
0: We don't need – like, it's his second one, and he still doesn't understand what's happening. Right. Okay, look, I I don't want to fight here, but (laughs) this is the worst – this is the worst one. Uh, look, I gave
1: him a one uh, for presentation Come because on. I thought they, I thought they presented him it, like he had a story. He was the mercenary. is hyping him up just because he did execute on it. To me, that doesn't affect the presentation. Like, he's presented as a threat. He attacks Luger in the back. Like, they're hyping him up as Fuji's assassin. So I just thought they actually took the time to present him as more than just, like, Virgil. You know, like, they tried. So I gave a point for that. No creativity, no effectiveness. But... I just thought present by the definition of what I've been doing for presentation, they presented him in some kind of way.
0: Whatever. (laughs) That gives him a score of one. You know what Mm -hmm. my scores are. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, that, 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 that lands. Can we make him the worst one at least? Sure. I'm okay with that. I mean, if we just go on time, he's, the only other yeah. person has one is Animal from 2006. Yeah, that's fine. I can't believe it. I mean, that. maybe give him a half.
1: A <laughs> half. A one.
0: Look, if we're trying <laughs> to give oh, halves, I'm giving him minus three for uh, effectiveness. <laughs> no,
1: it was bad. It was bad. I just, I do think that they took the time. Like, Kabuki would be a zero for me when we get there because they don't even really talk him up. But Tenru, like, they actually gave him something. They, they talked him up. He felt like it's just the problem is he's just in there 15 minutes too long. He should have won at Luger viciously, and Luger throws him out.
0: He's in there 17 minutes too long. Get someone in a mask who understands the concept of a match. Put Marty Jannetty in a mask and have him be – He's already
1: busy then. He's re- no, already done double duty.
0: I'll do anything to get this guy – I'll go. Any- I don't care. Get Hulk Hogan in a mask. Pay him $10 million. <laughs> it's bad. It's not good. All right. Well, that that sadly lands Tenru at only the 218th. <laughs> <laughs> But at a 232, I find that's ridiculously high. <laughs> uh, ridiculously high uh, sometimes is what I imagine ECW used to be.
1: Uh, well, most of the people as part of it, yeah. Um, but I Stream 3 Dances every other Thursday, where we break down ECW. We're wrapping up the summer of 96, and we are starting to kind of steamroll to a very key time in the company's history in April – uh, will be their first pay-per-view. So we're, you know, not too far away from that. Only 6 or 7 months away from that huge moment and this is when they start to also be featured a little bit on DotF TV. So like around this time is when they pop up at Mind Games in Philly and then eventually they'll be on the Raw in the Manhattan Center and like RVD and all that stuff. So um, we are we're heading toward that on on our trajectory and it's a really exciting time in ECW and it's a lot of fun to relive.
0: That's fantastic. And look, on Wednesdays, too, uh, you're getting Johnny C in the multiverse Mm. of fabulousness.
1: Uh, Or WCW must die. Stuff kind of rotates. Usually you get fabulousness once a month. Uh, and WCW Must Die is usually twice a month. Uh, so so Fabulousness is teams. kind of
0: a cool concept where like he's ca- he's recasting mm-hmm. um, pop culture, movies, other wrestling cards with other wrestlers. So for instance, the last one I – we're recording way in advance. But the last one I listened to was um, The Suicide Squad as wrestlers. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a fun listen and a kind of – if you think TNA is a jump into madness, Multiverse of Fabulousness mm-hmm. is also very much fun. Yes. yes. We
1: found someone more broken than you mentally. So,
0: That's crazy. That's crazy. He must be even worse ever since the Bengals lost the Super Bowl. Mm. Um also uh g- good old Will's back. Uh he is, yeah. Uh they're doing four year consideration that goes along with the GWW stretch pro- uh stretch project mm-hmm. going on at place to be And uh yeah, he's breaking back and, and we're reviewing our lists of the top one hundred WWF WWE wrestlers of all time. And Will's going back and digging deep into a couple of uh couple of categories uh with Tyler Ke- with Tyler and, um, yeah, he's uh, him, Tyler, and some other guests kind of rotating. And it's, it's similar
1: to what will did last time on for your consideration, uh, when we did this project initially. So like, he's kind of taking groups of, of wrestlers and breaking those down. Right. So like, he's doing one of, uh, about all the, the female wrestlers. Then he's doing one of, uh, NXT. You know, wrestlers that debuted, yeah, NXT or debuted after 2017, or wrestlers that went to AEW, like now that are there, that were in WWE, and like, what do they look like? So that's like, you know, looking at Ambrose and um, Andrade and like guys like that. So he's doing, you know, groups with different different co-hosts, him and Tyler. It's a lot of fun. Uh, those are every two to three weeks or so will be hitting. It's a limited mini-series. Um, that, uh, yeah, it's been been pretty entertaining so far. It's good to get Will back in the fold.
0: Absolutely. Now entering the Royal Rumble. Lucky number thirteen in 1993, and he is run to the ring by Alpha. Can you tell me what's wrong with his arms while he is running? Um, yeah, they're kind of like I don't know. He does this like a lot, like where Alpha drags him
1: kind of out, and like it's almost like they're like, okay, pretend like you're getting yanked out of a cage and you haven't walked in like a week. <laughs> like that's, like he's almost like he's forgotten what he's supposed to do, you know? It's like he swims through oxygen. I think he's just oxygen. supposed to be like Yeah, it's like the, I think they just told him to be like animalistic and that's what he thinks that means. It's just like
0: What are the animals on the Isle of Samoa that that are behaving in that way? I don't know. Not going to venture to attempt, I guess. <laughs> uh,
1: but he's got a, a couple of rumbles here, same as Tenru, same two years, but much more palatable. Yes. Uh, so he c- comes in at 13 and 93. Yes, he gets dragged down the aisle by his hair and often just like, whips him in the ring. And he just starts wrecking Virgil and Coco and Mr. Perfect. Yeah. And then, like Tenru, does nothing after that. He just kind of walks around.
0: Yeah, Backlund... When- Bob he goes with Bob Backlund at one point and Backlund for sure thinks this is either Sika or Alpha, right? <laughs> There's a decent chance. Yeah. Um, and he's really, like, I find like, you're right, he does nothing, but then he ends up clearly waiting for the Undertaker when the Undertaker comes in and Berserker kind of gets in the way. And I like, I do like that Samu takes it to the Undertaker with headbutts. It's good. Great. But then Taker, <laughs> Taker chokeslams him over the top to the floor. Yeah, it's a violent throw. But before that, one thing he does
1: do too, Samu kind of helps the pile on perfect. Yeah, that gets the ball rolling to eliminate him. So I thought that was like one little thing he did at least accomplish. Mm -hmm. He kind of got that going. But then, yeah, the take or shove is like super violent. I thought it's one of my favorite eliminations. Um, He doesn't do much in this role, but that was enough for me to not make this a worthless outing for him. Um, It's weak. Like he doesn't really accomplish much, but no. that that bumpy takes on that shove
0: is awesome. That's always stood out for me. Yeah, I yeah, I, I liked it. And I thought that while he was in there, he was somewhat energetic. Like, I like, well, we'll get there when we get to the scores, I guess. So he's in there four minutes, 49 seconds. Uh, I do think I'm at a zero for presentation, though.
1: Uh, I give him a three. No, I give him a zero as <laughs> well. They don't, really, they don't really talk him up much at all. He just kind of comes in. The Hedgefingers aren't really too much of an entity yet. Like, they had just debuted in the fall. They're being presented as, like, a team on the come-up. So they're not, like, major threats to the tag titles. They're not former champions or anything yet. They're just kind of working their way up the card here. So... I think later in the years when they really
0: start to get established more. But so mm. at
1: this point, he's just kind of like a guy coming out.
0: Yeah, Um, I did go two on work because before that, that elimination, I was mm. like, OK, he's a one. And I bumped it up because I thought that was a brutal elimination. Yeah, I gave
1: the one. I, I just I don't think he did much else other than try and get perfect out. But uh, the elimination was definitely worth a point
0: on his own. So, yes, yeah. uh, zero effectiveness, though. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That lands him a three. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, is he better than Shawn Michaels' 1990?
1: It's a good comp. Uh, Shawn's in there a lot quicker. Yeah. But the Samu bump to me definitely comes into discussion here. Like I think without that bump, we're talking lower. Yeah. But I feel like that bump is better than like anything Shawn does in that match.
0: You shot, well, Shawn Shawn's... does take a good shot too, right? Warrior chucks him out. Yeah, he throws him over Martel. Uh, But, yeah, I think Samu does a little more. Uh, Is he better than Warlord89?
1: It's, again, it's a better elimination. The only argument you can make is that Warlord is more kind of like notorious. Right. Because that's the one they always show in the video package is like the quickest elimination or whatever.
0: Do you want to put him between Warlord and Michaels? Yeah, I think that's fair. All right. So that lands uh Mr. Samu at uh, the 189th best spot i look at least we're bringing Tenru down mr samu Ugh. he samu does, i will say samu does punch Tenru in the face at one point and i <laughs> that made me happy
1: <laughs> that bump is great i mean it's a hell of a bump it's um taker literally just like pie faces him out of the ring and he just like goes flying back and over to the floor yeah it makes Taker look like a murderer when he comes in yeah.
0: murderer. It, it does help him get over like i mean not taker needs help getting over mm. but
1: it's a big spot because he, he's coming in to wreck house, right? And it looks like he literally is wrecking house when he takes this guy that's – like a big dude, shoves him in the face and throws him out of the ring. It's like, like I just – or like chokes him out of the ring and just like flings him and just look great. It's like a big statement for Taker to come in. Um, all right. Let's go ahead a year, in 1994. He comes in number two this time. Uh, this he time- lumbers out with Alpha yet again.
0: But he's only dragged. He's not running this time.
1: Correct. correct. Could he – well, he's, he's pacing himself more now. He's starting the match. He needs to, you know, he's
0: a little more time to, to budget in here. Could he not find his way to the ring on his own? Uh, It seems like he really relies on Offa. Fair enough.
1: Well, maybe it's a control thing. Offa's is dumb.
0: Maybe he doesn't want to be part of the match.
1: True. Yeah, it's May's like, like, I don't, like, no.
0: Please, no. I just want to be friends with these guys.
1: Well, he has to face with old rival Scott Steiner, who was number one.
0: Yeah. And
1: that's a cool one, too, actually. If it gets overlooked in history, it's a cool one, too, because they really kill each other. That's a good yeah. opening spot for it. Heavy, hard strikes, as you'd expect.
0: I feel uh, like to, I yeah. feel like this, the Head Shrinkers were a team that the Steiners did not fuck with backstage.
1: No. Yeah. No, I feel, I feel like there was a little mutual respect
0: between – because they, they used to go out in
1: WCW, too. So there's, like, a history there with yeah. those teams as well. And, I mean, look, the two of the greatest, like, squash tag teams ever – they had a great match at WrestleMania Nine, just beating the shit out of each other. And while it seems like this may be toward the tail end for the Hendrickers, it's really not because they would win the tag belts a few months later. So, yeah, um, they're still kind of on the come up. But it's getting Summer... towards the end of Samu though. Uh, no, well he's there through SummerSlam, so I guess. Yeah. I mean, the whole team is the team as a whole is gone within like a year, but right. he's there for most of it. Uh, he takes some nice bumps. He survives Scott almost shoving him out. <laughs> And then Rick comes in at three and, and Samu's in some deep shit he's because dead. he's against two very angry brothers. <laughs> yeah. Proceed <laughs> to just bubble the shit out of him. Um, and then we get another great spot where Samu again um, clicks on like a, a cool finish. So he charges and whiffs and we kind of get like his classic hangman spot. Him, him and McFoley, I think are the two that you kind of yeah. see the most do this where they go flying at the ropes and kind of twist their head in the rope. He, he works free and then Scott just shoves him to the floor, <laughs> which, which was cool. Yeah. Um, so this is a nice showing. He didn't have a lot of time, but he got some hard strikes in, and again had
0: a pretty memorable elimination. Yeah, I thought that like, I mean, it was hard hitting. Mm-hmm. But then as soon as Rick came in, he's eating suplexes, he's getting killed. Uh, right. But that elimination is fantastic. Like that mm-hmm. head spot is like, like I'm. It's like I'm. It's a shame that like it's not the first time you see it right but it's so good all the same like it's yeah. it's so it's such a good spot that mm-hmm. even watching it now i've seen the rumble 94 a bunch of times i've seen tons of head shrinkers matches but it still was like oh like it still popped me yeah so uh that that's that's meaningful i think for me uh three minutes and 13 seconds he's in there but i mean he can't last against the steiners that doesn't make any sense no no it's fine yeah uh i'm still at a zero for presentation i don't they didn't really talk him up uh I just didn't, for presentation, it's just not there for me. Uh,
1: I gave him the one just because, you know, he's in there at number two. He gets presented as going toe to toe with the Steiners. They talk him up like slightly as as more of a threat than last year where he was kind of overlooked. I think that might be a product of coming in second when no one else is out there, so he can't really get overlooked. Um,
0: I did go the two on work, though, again. But again, it was like I like the work in the the segment, and then I gave him a bump for the elimination.
1: Yeah, I went one again here, so you can just say we both went two overall which which is fair like we both for whatever reason it was we both felt like he was worth a two
0: yeah and that gives him a score of four mm-hmm. uh that so is he better than the godfather in 2002 um
1: yeah, probably i mean godfather 2 is just literally
0: returning with all the hoes right yeah 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 crush
1: 1997 um
0: probably not really i think maybe
1: i don't know i feel like crush at least has the ahmed stuff to start and like that's kind of a bigger deal it's like a better version of this where steiner's head shrinkers is kind of a feud and they scrap but like crush ahmed's a higher profile feud
0: yeah i mean it is a higher profile feud I'm right, fine how, how long is crush in there six minutes yeah, I don't think that's long enough to make it like so much worse, you know. No, I don't think it's much worse. All right, we'll put him there, put him below Crush and as the 180th spot. Uh, definitely better than Tenru. Yes, no, no doubt. I mean Tenru, Jesus Christ. Uh, so look, Fatu, uh, excuse me, Samu. Fatu, we'll get to. We'll do a whole episode on Fatu. Uh, total ring time eight minutes and two seconds. Uh, average time four minutes, but zero eliminations, sadly. Yeah. No, he didn't do much. No. (laughs) Someone who does do a lot, though, uh, two people that do a lot are Jordan Duncan and Andrew Reich.
1: They do a lot of talking
0: about AEW every other Friday
1: on You Know What That Means, our dedicated AEW podcast. And they they knock it out of the park every time.
0: That's right. And uh, on Fridays, is is it Fridays that Wrestling Above Replacement drops?
1: It is. It's alternating with that AEW pod. It's uh, Marcus Fuller and I on WWE War. We are going through every WWFW pay-per-view season, which basically runs April to April in our mind, so post-mania to the next mania. Uh, we break down every pay-per-view with a plus-minus system, and then we net out the score. We factor in all kinds of stuff beyond just match quality, right? So it's moments, commentary, atmosphere, build – uh, we we net those all out and then we do an overall ranking of every pay per view of all time. So far we've done 1994-95 uh, season, we've done the 11-12 season, and as this is airing, uh, we should be in the middle of our third season, which is 99-2000, uh, which is a really fun one to be diving into.
0: Yes, 99-99 uh, especially is a strange year because like it's like it's so storyline heavy, but the matches well, yeah. are like like it, well in our system
1: that actually like skewed right because the system we use features heavily on everything mm. that goes into one of these cards so I, I think a year like 99 2000 i mean that was one of your, what, your, your worst year right or one of your worst years when you did year that was
0: 99 was 99 was. Yeah.
1: yeah yeah and yeah. that's the bulk of the season i mean it's nine to the 12 months but it, in our system it scores a little bit higher because of the all the intangibles we factor in <clears throat> so it's not It's kind of not what you would expect. It's a little counterintuitive, the system we use. Uh, But it it just speaks to how jam-packed those pay-per-views were with big moments and memorable characters and promos and finishes and surprises. Like, all those things add up and title changes. Like, all those get points for us. So, um, those pay-per-views, you could argue, yeah, the matches may not hold up. But as offerings across the board – so much happens that it's almost more worth your while in a way, right? Then like, yeah, some pay-per-view in 2016 might have been fun to watch with good matches, but half the stuff happens, right? So um, if you if you look at it as a whole, I think
0: 99 is going to end up having some big-time finishers. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and, and when I just think – well, you guys factor in title changes, and my god. <laughs> There's so many in 99. Right.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean that's – Yes. Yep. And the build. Every match has a build, which helps too. Like, because yeah. we have credit for that. Like, if there's any kind of build up, you usually gets a point, unless it's garbage build and we take away a point. But yeah, title changes, moments, uh, debuts, appearances. Like every match has a moment, a build, something about it. The commentary is a big part of it too. Like, you know, we all we're all more maligned on Jerry Lawler, but that's kind of his peak year with with Ross, right? Like Absolutely. that '97 to 2000 stretch. So. Like, that's a big, too. Like, when we did 11-12, what hurt a lot of those sh- scores were Cole, Booker, and Lawler were freaking terrible. So that dragged a bunch of those shows down, just all the awful commentary. Um, so it's just there's more that goes into the pay-per-views in that 99-2000 stretch that really helps. So I think we're going to see some surprising
0: scores going through that season. Yeah, it's definitely a fun one to revisit. Uh, and, and as if you're not doing enough, you're doing No Holds Barred every other Saturday with me. Uh Yeah,
1: yeah, with you. And we got a couple of cool projects going on. So once a month, we're going through our GWW list that we mentioned earlier. So we're kind of what we did was we took our list from five years ago, we did a quick one up on it, like without much thought and just kind of said, okay, let's shuffle some stuff around. And we're going through that revised list. But we're also taking the year to really put more thought and debate and then in december we're going to reveal our final version of our revisit
0: list yeah and our lists are already changing almost daily which is really fun and on other saturdays you get from square circle to silver screen that's logan and cowboy breaking down movies either about mm-hmm. wrestling or starring wrestlers and they don't just do a just a long form review of the film they really kind of dig deep into like what the wrestler did uh, <laughs> hit the highs hit the lows it's it's a fun listen and uh, they've been pretty consistent since the beginning of this network also right
1: uh, they have, yeah. yep. They're pretty much every month, right on point. Uh, I also want to mention our other project, the No Holds Barred. So I said once oh, yeah, a month sorry. is G W W E, but it's okay, yeah. So then the other rotation, because we do air twice a month, we are ranking every single W W E uh, world title change. So we started with Bruno over over Buddy Rogers. Yep. Uh, we're watching everyone. We break it down on a handful of categories, and then we're stack ranking all of them. So by the time you listen to this, we're in the like ninety early 90s range 93 94 95 ish um so it, it's been a lot of fun digging through those two
0: yeah on the holds is a is a fun mm-hmm. lesson and these projects have like reinvigorated a lot of my fandom too so mm-hmm. that's never a bad thing <laughs> now entering the royal rumble <laughs>
1: before he was naming the mentor? i joked about it in the open mondo clean yeah <laughs> for whatever reason he always stuck out to me as like a pwi guy like you'd always see pictures of him or he'd be like on like the local when they do like the rankings of all the you know indies around the country his name would always
0: pop up there yeah no i i i not at the time like i hmm. knew him i know that he's mondo clean now but at the time no not at all right did okay. you know him at the time yeah just i mean i i religiously
1: read like pwi and stuff at this right. point so yeah I, I knew of him just then i feel like he might have worked some local indie stuff too so like i feel like i paid maybe closer attention to pwi if like someone was kind of local-ish i could be off on that but i thought he did um so when he came in i actually knew of him from like he might have been one of the first guys like i kind of knew when he showed up uh, like an indie guy debuting in the
0: dwf what was mondo clean was he like mr clean's cousin
1: uh, it was a different spelling, so uh, same last name though.
0: K L E E M. Yeah, no, I had no clue. And and he, I feel he's in the promotion for such a cup of coffee here. Yeah. That like, I'm like, oh, like, cause he's, is he in the first? He's in the first Raw main event, right? He is, just like Max Moon. <laughs> that first Raw is like such
1: a weird yeah. uh, trivia contest type thing, right? But yeah, he um he debuts in October '92. Uh, he wrestled as Mondo clean a little bit and then debuted on superstars as Damian Demento. Uh, and he actually lasts October 93. Oh, wow. On house shows. He's pretty much all house shows, like barely on TV. Uh, yes, he was on the first raw. He main evented against the Undertaker, uh, mainly just a mid card guy. And then gone back October. And he was it. He was a Northeast guy. trained under Johnny Rods, uh, worked in Tri-State, which is up up this way and uh he actually had a trial match in as mondo phil which is his real name phil um which is funny and then he went back to the indies for the next couple of years and he's kind of just been on and off he would pop up every now and then every few years looks like he has like a couple of appearances but he's also an artist and a sculpt sculptor wow like a real renaissance man and he appeared in die hard with a vengeance as eric
0: <laughs> i <laughs> do you remember that character
1: eric the clown <laughs>
0: Was he one of the ones that chastised uh, Bruce Willis for wearing that sign? Possible. <laughs> My God, what a, what a Renaissance man! Well, it, this Renaissance man comes in at number seventeen in the 1993 Royal Rumble, and when he comes in, they don't even they don't cut to him once. <laughs> <laughs> well, he comes out during the the John Gonzalez Undertaker yeah. fight, and
1: um, so you don't there's, there's no focus on him because it's just too much going on. But he uh, why is he just kind of stands around on the floor and he lets it play out? Yeah, and then when we get back, he's just like him and I are beating the shit out of Backlund. <laughs> no, that's, that's right where we get back
0: into his 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 body stance as he's watching though is very strange. Mm. Well, he's like, a strange man. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's like a naked Repo Man the way he moves, like his arm, like the way he's sneaking and moving. It just, I don't know, it's just strange. But I mean, I I get that he's not that he's kind of hanging back. What do you, what do you want him to do? Right. Yeah. Why would you even go near this? Yeah, and then like you said, they cut, and it's a vicious beatdown on Backlund. <laughs> like they're kicking the yeah, shit out of him. Yeah,
1: uh, they're really beating the shit out of him. <laughs> like, like they're they're really laying like, into him. So they knew because Backlund had been wiped out by Berserker before that all went down. Yeah. So Um, he was easy pickings. Typhoon comes in and he just mashes Demento, and from there he just kind of gets thrown around a bunch. Yeah. Uh, he does get a cool hard bump when Backlund yanks him and IRS together. Like that was kind of a cool three stooges bump. Yeah. Um, they take. The only Tataka thing that's says about on. him
0: is Dementos being clobbered out there.
1: Yes, yes, that's the only mention. Uh, he does take a decent spot when Tataka flings him, but he hangs on, and then he eventually gets dumped out by the
0: youngster Carlos Colon. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's it's a whole lot of nothing. Like I, it was it was so so. As I'm watching these, you know, uh-huh. before, gives the, the listeners some insight. So like in my sheet, I plug in like who eliminated them, what time, whatnot, before I start taking notes. And so there's moments where like – and this is one of them where I'm like, when the fuck is this guy getting eliminated? Right. And then when ba- when Cologne came out, this is the only time I've ever been happy to see Carlos Cologne come into this. <laughs> like, oh, good. Okay, here we go. You knew that was it. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, it's it's just a whole lot of nothing. I mean even even the the spot with Cologne at the end, they fuck mm. it up and they have to redo it. Right. Like he swings it I'd in. I blame Cologne for that. Yeah, it's probably Cologne's fault. Uh, but it's a 12-and-a-half-minute it's a run for this dude. It's a lot. It's lo- It's long. For- but it, it's like it was more victim of his
1: location in the match than him. Like, like they had to kind of refill the ring after they cleaned it out with the Taker Gonzalez stuff. So, yeah, you're going to get some guys hanging around. It's just and they just have a thin roster. So it's like, like, who else was really good? I mean, they had to put bodies there basically. Right. So he's just one of the guys that they need to refill, refill things.
0: Yeah. And, and you don't want to put someone over in that position. Right. Um, I- right. Right. Look, I'm zeros across the board. I gave him the one for creativity. I I like
1: that they made him look smart. He waits outside the ring and then pounces on Backlund and beats him up. So I gave him a point for at least having some sort of strategy.
0: That's part of it. Quote unquote strategy. It was. It was a little strategy. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. Alright, so that gives him one. Uh he's definitely ahead of Tenru. Yeah, yeah. Okay with that. Um is he ahead of I would is he ahead of Animal two thousand six um yeah why not all right well it's just two minutes and 40 seconds versus 12 minutes but I, yeah I would all right agree- that's fine but i would not g- no, yeah but whatever. i would agree he's not bad in the match right so i'm happy to put him ahead of animal right it wasn't like a pain as much as i joked like about uh, carlos Colon. it wasn't a super painful um 12 minutes it was fine uh you know what's never pr- painful viewers choice Mm, tell us about that. Well, look, after every major event, Marcus and Tim or Marcus and someone or Tim and Al Borland, whoever it is, they come in and uh, they they come in and right after the show, they give you a recap of the show, mm-hmm. but in a bit of a different way. They tell you what to watch, what to avoid, and I, I love the format. It's completely different than, uh, than any other um, – kind of pay-per-view review that i've heard anyway it's a yep. lot of fun it tells me that i don't have to sit through all this garbage and even a lot of times when i don't even watch the shows i listen to them that's how entertaining they are uh but there's yep. some real stalwarts because like a lot of these shows sometimes finish at midnight and we still get that yep. show immediately after yep they crush it every time they crush it every time also crushing it is ryan gray he's doing previews uh for every wwe uh super card uh the latest one i listened to was uh, nxt vengeance day he was on with god who was he on with he was on with
1: uh, logan across
0: London. that's yeah. it logan he was on with logan uh that was a fun listen uh ryan's really killing it at everything he's also on wcw must uh die with johnny c and i gotta show some love to second print comics also been with us since the start mark Claire, and Remzo martinez mm-hmm. deep dive into some of their favorite stories some of my favorite stories consistently every single sunday we're lucky to have them and i think the only thing we didn't talk about was 9021 no so
1: right that's uh, every two to three fridays that drops on friday nights and it's me tim capel and a rotation of guests going chronologically through beverly hills 90210 we are inching toward the end of season one which is a real pride point for us to have made it this far (laughs) Uh, i feel like a lot of podcasts would not or haven't you know with stuff like this so uh it's cool We, we were excited to get as far as we have because season one's pretty long i mean like it's still like 24 episodes so and then season two i think is where it really starts to balloon up to like in the 30s but we always felt like we get through season one. Yeah, it's a lot. We feel like if we get into through season one, like we got some really nice momentum and we're gonna we're gonna feel good about it. So uh that's a lot of fun. We really deep dive into those episodes. We talk about the culture of the time and how it relates and and of course, you know, us here we do awards and rankings on there too, so that's what we operate. And then every two to three weeks as well, usually on Wednesdays, is Behind the Connection, oh, yes. uh, which is a super fun outing for me because I get to talk to all my friends about wrestling fandom and just kind of interview them from like how they became fans, some of their favorite uh, memories of wrestling, uh, how they discovered the Internet in the 2000s, like Morocco. <laughs> but it's, it's, uh, I've had a real cavalcade of, of fun guests, um, and I get some others lined up as well for the future. So this is a really cool – usually it's about an hour. We just throw on some wrestling and bullshit, so it was a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, you know, so much cool uh, variety at North-South, uh, evergreen content. Let us know what you like, what you don't like. Leave us a review. Please uh, subscribe, et etc. et cetera. Mm-hmm. Now entering the Royal Rumble. I love how that's his full name. Yes. that they have to say it all times. Uh, when he comes out, so he comes out 19 in 1993. Mm-hmm. Uh, I noticed that the, the pop was really high-pitched. Yes. and I, well, he kinda, was, I mean, he was over. Yeah, but it's interesting because I'm not saying he wasn't over. Mm. But I, I was expecting more of a universal pop than a high-pitched kids and women pop. Well, he's a good-looking guy. Yeah. I could see him being a favorite of the kids, too.
1: Like, he was very approachable. I, I you know, would meet him uh, – actually, I think it was 92 when I – no, I mean, it's 93. 93, meet him later that year. But he was an approachable dude. He seemed like he was, like, very kid-friendly. He was positive speaker, and he's an interesting musician because he spent most of the year coming up, and I think 92 is a good build year for him. 93 is where I think they run into trouble. Because you can only keep the undefeated thing going for so long without realistically giving him title shots. Yeah. And you can kind of say, all right, the first year you got to really work your way up. Then he, he kind of botches the IC title stuff. And then it's kind of like, all right, what do we do with this guy? Like he's still undefeated. Why isn't he realistically fighting Yokozuna for the, for the title? You know what I mean? Like that shit to me, instead of Ludwig Borga ending a streak, it should have been Yoko beating him in a world title match on Raw. Like build it for like two or three weeks in the spring that's Tonk is going to get this big title shot, um, and you know, or, or the fall, whatever, coming after King of the Ring, right? He, he's going to get a big title shot. You can even play into the Luger stuff and all that. And that's when Yoko beats him. But to, to me, it was never realistic that he was undefeated for that long and never got a world title match.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's tough. It's like they just didn't want to pull the trigger on him. That's, that's all it came down to, right? Um, yeah, I just
1: don't think they saw him as a world title guy. They just have him lose. Like, I'm not saying he's going to win the title. It's just so stupid to me that how can you be undefeated for two years and never get a world title match? What's the point of winning matches then? Yeah, right. Well, you got to win this That's the whole point, match. right? So just say it was never an angle where he – even when he turns heel, he never used it like as a bitch. Like, hey, you know what? I was undefeated two years and they never even gave me a title shot. Like what the fuck, you know? Like to me that could have been a really good angle for his heel turn more so than what they end up doing. Yeah. And I just think at this point, just blow it off, just give it a build, and say, even do it the summer spectacular, whatever you want to do, like hype it for a few weeks. Be like Tatanka has been undefeated for a year and a half, and he's finally getting this world title match, and Yoko can go over. I'm fine, whatever, and even have Ludwig help, whatever you want to do, yeah. but at least pay it off with like the title shot that should have been coming to him all this time.
0: Well, yes, but also like, but also like I think he's he runs into the problem. Of not being able to win the Intercontinental title because that that scene is just too full with Michaels and Ramon. Right. Yeah. Because you could you could sustain the undefeated streak if he wins the Intercontinental title. You could sustain it for like three right. years. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like as long as he's just you know is and and, and 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 as a consequence that title becomes more important. Yes, exactly.
1: So I mean, yes, they could have done that. It does take away the Marty moment if you do it at Mania. So maybe
0: you keep the DQ at Mania and you're saying have him win the Battle Royal instead of Ramon. Oh, maybe. I mean, I, I would say probably beats – like, it, it, I'd, I wouldn't make this decision. I'd keep the title on Sean. But, like right. – but if you're going to do it, he probably beat Sean at Mania. I just
1: don't think they even needed to. I I think they built it long enough that just giving him the title match for Yoko and ending the streak is, is good enough. Like, right. it's not going anywhere anyway. At least show that it meant something. So this dude's been undefeated a year and a half. You know, Jack Tunney comes out and says it's been long enough, like – You've you've proven to us you deserve a title shot. May, play it out for weeks, right? Like, Tatanka drops it in a little interview, like, hey, you know, Jack Tunney, I'm just letting you know. I'm here. I'm waiting for my title shot. No one's ever had his, a long streak like this. Like, I deserve it. Yeah. And then maybe a couple weeks, you get him saying it, Tunney answers, and then Yoko accepts, you know, like, whatever. And then hype it on a big Raw, like a sweeps Raw, whatever, and say, okay, maybe even after SummerSlam. Like, Tatanka's going to fight Luger or Yoko, you know, whoever. And then at least it means something, even if you spend six to seven weeks hyping it up. And they they would put that much time into things back then, and so why not? Like, start it in, like, after Mania and slow build it till like, September. And then he finally fights Yoko on a huge Raw. And Yoko beats him, Ludwig interferes, and then you're off and running from there.
0: Like, at least it pays yeah. off all the undefeated stuff. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I think it's just – yeah, I don't know why they wouldn't just do that. It's very right. strange. But, you know, it's funny because how he gets treated in this match, I find – Actually, it's kind of emblematic of the problem. So he comes into the match, and at this point, he is like – I mean, he's the top guy in the match, right, in theory? Would you agree with that? I would say –
1: so here's my comp through all this, and we'll talk about it as we go. It felt very much like Beefcake in 89. Hmm. Like the big angle happens in the middle of the match, and they kind of need a stabilizing force through the back end. And here's a guy in the upper mid card looking to make a name for himself and climb up and has a golden opportunity to kind of make the rumble about him for a while. And Beefcake failed in 89. Yeah. And we'll talk about it, but I think Taka kind of fails here. Like he had a real shot to stand out as the top face, fly around, bring the fight to guys, like make it your match. Just like Beefcake could have in 89 and instead it's
0: just a lot of nothing. Yeah, well, I think, too, though, at least – so Beefcake comes in, and he's active. Tataka comes into this match, and within five seconds, IRS has raked his eyes and is beating the shit out of him. Right.
1: And like, yeah, and, well, in fairness, too, I did write he was a worse version of Beefcake in 89. So, yeah. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I don't – General comp.
0: But I don't – yeah, I agree it's a comp. I, I don't know if it's necessarily – I don't know whose fault this is because mm. it feels like he should come in. And everyone should start bumping for him, and he should be on the offense. But instead, he comes in, and he's immediately on the defense. Right. And I don't understand. I I just don't understand. And this is actually, as we go through his other runs, it's all very similar. So it's like I I don't get the choice of, like, he's the biggest face in there for a long stretch, and he gets Uh zero shine. And I don't know if that's his call or somebody else's call. I just don't understand. Maybe they just didn't know yet to, to do that. But like it's well, like, and it's, it's a thin ring
1: too. So like he's got a lot of room to move and do shit. And instead he just kind of mingles with Demento and IRS.
0: Yeah, it's it's IRS, it's Demento, it's Sags. Like he's just walking mm-hmm. around. He's hitting people in the back, but they're be- it's that they're beating him up. It's not it's it's right. a weird thing because I'm getting angry at Tenru right because he's just mm-hmm. doing nothing. But Tatanka's not doing nothing. He's just he's getting killed by everybody. Right, and it's completely contrary to how well he's been booked on TV. And there's scrubs too. It's like it's not like he's getting beat up by
1: Flair and Law. I mean, it's you know Demento, IRS, and SAGs. Like like it's not exactly a murderer's row yeah. in the ring right now. I mean, at least IRS and SAGs are like former tag champs, I guess. But it's it's really not like a ton happening. No, um,
0: brain brain does call him Tonto at one point. Yes. and then Gorilla corrects him and he goes, Oh yeah, sorry. ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta which always gets a little bit of a laugh out of me <laughs> he, uh
1: he's sluggish overall he almost throws out Demento, like we talked about a few minutes ago uh, then he withstands sags trying to shove him out then he gets into with martel his rival from like all of 92 um and then he goes at yoko and gets dumped with ease and that's it like yeah just gets flung out
0: so where i start to think it's his fault hmm. where i start to think it's his fault is when he, so he, he he'll walk over to somebody and all he did was chop the whole match also yeah he'll walk over chop once walk away yeah so i just don't know why he's doing this this way and and again we talked about this earlier but i was because again i knew yoko was throwing him out i was relieved when yoko came out yeah and then sags at one point gets in between yoko and tatanka (laughs) and i'm like get out of the way get out of the way (laughs) This used to be it. Yeah,
1: it's it's disappointing. It's It was a chance to really make a statement and stand out, Um, but he squandered it. Boring offense, meandering, selling. Again, it, to me, it felt like a worse version of Beefcake 89, where this was a chance to make the match about him, yeah. to take a leap, to take a stand. And instead, it ends up just being, yeah, just, just a waste. It feels like just a waste.
0: I'm starting to think that, like, and I mean, maybe this isn't completely fair, but a major part of why this match is bad is because of him. Um, yeah, it's booking, it's booking, but like, we, we talked, we talked about 93 as we've gone through it and we've talked about how, like until the undertaker stuff, it's actually good. Right. Like the match is actually good. And then it's what we're missing in the second half is that over guy who the match Mm -hmm. is about and it could be him. Right. And he just doesn't take it for whatever reason. Yeah.
1: Looking back, I think they would have and better served to put Savage in there earlier.
0: Oh, yes. Yes. Or have I'm Perf- guessing
1: maybe they didn't want to take take away from Backlund maybe, but I think Savage coming out right after Taker would have like woke everyone right back up. And then you could tell a little back-end miracle story with both him and Backlund, and Yoko takes them both out.
0: Yes. Or or not that I'd want to take this away from Backlund, but I think we talked about this with we Backlund. I think if you put Perfect in the Backlund role, the match is much better. Right. Just because yeah. he's, just, just he's more over. Right? Right. Not that Backlund doesn't win everybody to his side, but yeah. But I think Tatanka could have really helped this match. Right. Um, So I'm at a one for presentation. I, so I started at a two, but then as I saw how he was treated in the match, I bumped it down.
1: Yeah, I gave him a two, <clears throat> um, but that was like a baseline. I, that's just where he is at the card. I, I reserve the one usually for like the real lower level guys. And yeah. I feel like he was at least presented as a up-and-comer or a threat. Um, he doesn't carry himself in the ring afterward like that, but
0: well, it. to me, it's not even him. It's how everybody else treated him in the ring. Like when you're right. when you're yeah. studying acting, like one of the things they tell you is that you can never play status, right? Right. Like if I'm in a play and I'm the king, I don't play the king. Everybody else plays the status for you. Right. right, Everybody else treats you like a king, and that's how the status is shown. And that's kind of how I felt here. I'm like, well, nobody – it feels like nobody in the ring respects this dude at all. Right.
1: Or maybe they didn't. That's why they were so vicious in going after
0: him. <laughs> maybe. They saw him as a real threat. Yeah. Uh, I'm at zeros for work and uh, yeah. effectiveness though. I mean I can't Same. believe he didn't eliminate anybody.
1: It's it's a bad sh- – I mean it's bad. It's like 17 minutes on a guy who's really starting to come up. Like this was a golden opportunity. Like he's just to make this back end of the rumble about him. Yeah. And he just does nothing.
0: Yeah. Uh, So that lands him at a three. Is he better than Jerry Sags in 1993? Probably not. <laughs> yeah. So that's the, that's the worst of the threes then. Okay. Yeah. I think that's fine. I think
1: because it's all about missed opportunity as much as anything.
0: Yeah. All right. So that lands Tatanka to in 1993 as the 197th best rumble appearance of all time. <laughs> But he comes back.
1: Mhm. A year later, he enters at 21. It's a double duty. A little bit of history. He's just the third person, I believe, to ever wrestle on the undercard and then be in a rumble. It was Roddy Piper in 92 mm-hmm. and then him and Bigelow here uh, have a match and then are both in the rumble. So uh, a little bit of history. And he uh, charges into it. Gets a pretty good pop. He goes right to Shawn Michaels.
0: Well, very different he's, pop here. Like, this, like it was high pitch right. last time. Now it feels like everybody's behind him, which is strange because at this point, He's not undefeated anymore, right? Yeah, but he's been – he's had more stuff. So in 92, right, it was a lot of, like, beating
1: jobbers and feuding with (laughs) Martel. Like here now he's um, fought Shawn Michaels at Mania, had a feud for the IC title. He had a little midi feud with Luger. Um, He had the stuff with Bigelow with cutting his hair. He had the feud with Borga. You know, like he's been teaming with Luger, like he's kind of looked at as, I think beefcake, like a poor man's beefcake is like a pretty good comp for him because it's almost like Luger's a poor man's Hogan. Right. And Tatanka's kind of his right-hand guy. So um, he's almost like the 88, 89, like version of 90 version of beefcake in the stretch. Uh, but no, he's definitely more over. I think he's just more established as like a player now than he was in 92. So he feels like more of a, a guy. Um, but he's got a good start. He goes to Sean. He's hitting some chops. Uh, Mabel and Sean kind of turn the tide on him. And he kind of gets lost again. He goes at random guys like Mabel, but yeah. he always gets derailed. Someone takes him out from behind. Um, but he does get revenge because he leads the group to throw Mabel out and they yeah. shove him out.
0: Yeah, he's in kind of the main position of that.
1: Yes. Like he's in yeah, between... He kind of rallies everyone.
0: Yeah. And when they throw him out, he's in like he's in between Mabel's legs. He's pushing him up. Like he's kind of in that, that main yep. position. But then right away, Bam Bam kicks his ass. Valentine yeah. chops the shit out of him. And, like, to me, this is, like, where he's, like, shifting into his rumble comfort zone. Like, he's just getting beat up by everybody.
1: But he feels like a marked man more this time. Like, I feel like these are all guys that hate him, and, like, he's trying to right. fend off. Because it's a very heel-heavy stretch. I mean, we've talked about this. It's, like, all heels in the ring. So, yeah, they're all coming at him. Bigelow, Sean, um, <clears throat> you know, all these guys that just he has issues with. And the Bigelow stuff makes sense, too, is that they've been feuding through most of 93. They fought earlier in the night. So it kind of pays off. Uh, he survives a big atten- uh, elimination attempt, and then he really beats the shit out of Sparky. They have a pretty good throwdown that comes out of nowhere.
0: He gets I, angry finally. And then him and Luger have a nice segment too where like mm-hmm. they're going at each other. and like, I can't imagine Luger. Like, this guy's punching me in the face? <laughs> like, right. Uh, and I love too at this point – around this point, he crosses fellow like traveler in the night, Tenru. Like they mm-hmm. just kind of pass like ships but don't do anything to each other.
1: <laughs> of course. Why would they? <laughs> yeah. He goes at Martell again, so he's kind of visiting him with all his old enemies um he does stand around a bit too kind of looking for anyone until he finds bigelow again goes at adam bomb who's uh, supposed to win the war rumble
0: moby just takes a beating gives a
1: beating doesn't really come close to eliminating anyone yeah Mo gets some shots in
0: uh he does throw martel but it almost feels like an accident <laughs> the way it happened yeah and it's not really like uh em- emphatic and it kind of occurred to me during this stretch like around this time where he throws out martel i'm like it's such a great contrast to 93 because mm. by the time we get to the end there's like conceivably four or five guys who could win. And Tatanka is kind of one of them. Right. Like, I mean, I don't think he'd win, but like at least he's a credible. Like at the end, you got Brett, Lex, Michaels, Tatanka, Bam Bam, Adam Baum, even, you know? But right. like everybody's like somewhat credible in there. Whereas ninety three you only had my I also think I also think the standard
1: has come down a little. Um in ninety four, just because like the, the roster's like mm come down a little bit so i think that helps too like even if you name those guys and say 93 i mean outside of brett (laughs) like i guess luger because even sean wasn't quite there yet i mean maybe i guess but but i I don't know it feels like the standard of rumble winner came down from 93
0: to 94 sure but but you're right but at least at the end of 94 they had the guys they were pushing in there oh yeah for sure whereas 93 you got like knobs in there
1: everyone but them yeah
0: yeah yeah
1: uh, so Bigelow eventually grabs and throws him out, and that's it. I, I thought it was weak again. Yeah. Um. Again, a spot he could have stood out and been more aggressive. The ring is more filled with stars, so there's less time to shine, but he could have been more involved. He had the one weak elimination of, of Martel. He was the driving force of Mabel, but he's definitely setting up a trend as a, as a poor Rumble worker here.
0: Yeah, I thought it was better than last time, but still disappointing.
1: Yeah, and the score shows. I mean, just looking at the numbers, it's like actually dramatically better, Yeah. But I didn't feel it.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, look, I went two on presentation like it, like I didn't take away the presentation score for him getting killed immediately. Right. Yeah, right. No, he
1: feels like more of a a threat.
0: Yeah. He even looks better, like with the the war mm-hmm. paint and, you know.
1: Well, he doesn't have the red hair anymore either. Like he's just looks
0: like, you know, just he I looks mean. like someone more likely to get pushed. Exactly. Uh, I'm at a one for work because I thought he had a couple at least a couple of good flurries. Yeah, I went one as
1: well. I like the Mabel stuff was was good.
0: And effectiveness, I'm at a one because just, he just felt like more part of the match. Right. And he got an elimination, too. All right. That gives him a score of eight, which is, yeah, it's dramatically better. Yeah, right. All right. So, eight. Is he better than the Texas Tornado from
1: 1991? Mm,
0: probably not. Okay. Heel Billy Jim, 88.
1: They're probably about equal, I would guess.
0: Okay, all right. Well, hold on. Let's just go underneath to see. Nikolai Volkov, 88. Is he better than him?
1: I don't know. What do you think?
0: These two are both dramatically less than him. Volkov's in 11 minutes. Mm-hmm. Jim's in five minutes.
1: But neither of those guys feel like a threat to win or no. do much.
0: Ah, let's put him ahead of Hillbilly. Let's throw to Tonka yeah. a bone because it's not going to get better from here. All right. That lands him at 146. All right. <laughs> All right. 146. bang. Oh. All right, so let's see.
1: 96. We fast forward two years to two, 1996. Why wasn't um, he in '95? Was he
0: hurt? So he was, um, yeah,
1: I don't know. Uh, no, well, no, '95
0: is in the tag title match. Oh, because Lord knows they could have used him in 1995.
1: Right. No, no, him and Bigelow lose to Kid and Holly. That's right. In the undercard. So and then he leaves in nine, late '95 because he has the sexual assault allegations that come in oh i guess he's not this such a actually, cool dude to hang out with <laughs> this is his return um i think they were dismissed but this is his return in 96 so they take him off tv while he's dealing with that stuff and he comes back here <clears throat> um guilty or not he, he shows back up <laughs> in early 96 and almost near silence like no one gives a shit at all
0: no, number uh, everyone's
1: focused and everyone's focused on michael's just beating the shit out of jim Cornette uh as he's coming out he and in interest is cooked he even looks slow
0: oh yeah Um, Well, it's interesting because, number one, he comes out and he does the Bret Hart pose, which is strange, but they they cut his music off immediately, and he's nowhere near the ring when they do it but
1: he's so slow. Vince even says he's supposed to be in there by now. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> like uh, the talk is coming. Out. He's supposed to be in there. Uh, then he shows up. He's so long to get into the frame. Like he walks as slow as possible coming down the aisle. And it, I don't think it's just that strategy because he's, he's fucking slow as shit. This whole match. Like he gets some shots in Hakushi. Uh, he gets worked over by Owen and triple H. He's gassed a minute in, he stands in the corner with Holly. And again, he, he's like, he makes Tenru look fast. Like he is so slow walking yeah. around the ring right now
0: yeah and and again, he's got he he never has any fire when he comes into these things right He no. comes in and eats shit right away. also, uh you know, maybe spoiler alert. but this was the one I watched last just because of how the timing worked out right like and his skin tone here is completely different than in two thousand and six. <laughs> yes yes like it's like two thousand and six he'd been living in the Dominican Republic for six years and like right. He probably had been, <laughs> Just been yeah. out living his life, but
1: um, so he's only in this four minutes. But and, and we're halfway through, he goes at Aldo Montoya and then cu- corners him in a boxer like they're in round nine of a heavyweight fight. Like he's so tired yeah. and gassed, and maybe that's because of the layoff. Like he probably didn't do much. I'm guessing during the whole uh investigation and being mm-hmm. off TV, like it doesn't <laughs> look like he was busted his cardio or
0: anything like that. He's in a court every day, probably. right?
1: Right, so he's, he's probably pretty worn out by this point. He musters up some energy, clotheslines Aldo out, but it gets ignored because everyone's now watching Sean and Lawler. So yeah. Sean just keeps completely overshadowing him. Uh, he does get some hot punches on Sean in the corner, but then Diesel just walks over, grabs him, and tosses him out. So look, th- To me, this was nothing. He looks old. He looks slow. He looks washed. Yeah. He's standing around sucking wind. They never talk about him, either during his entrance and eliminating Aldo. is completely forgettable. Uh, the only positives are short, and he does have the one elimination, but otherwise, just, yeah, just nothing here. So I went zeros except for the one for effectiveness.
0: Yeah, me too. That gives him a two. Um, look, he's not going he, He's not going worse than Tenru 93. No. Is he worse than Snuka 91? Uh, prob- I don't know.
1: Probably. <laughs> Snuka probably at least got a pop.
0: That's my guess. <laughs> People cared that he was there. Snooker came in and he got a he gets he fights the Undertaker so that's got to count for something.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm fine with that.
0: All right, that leaves him 220 out of 238. At yeah, this point. he
1: just looks he just looks
0: done like he just looks like, like a guy that's just quit, <laughs> just doesn't care. All right, uh, but sadly we we're not done. Mm mm I and this is the this is such a strange surprise. He come is this is his return or was he back already in 2006 uh no this is his return i believe so he comes in 15 he's got a giant headdress has he been made a chief during his absence um i guess maybe it's reparation from when
1: uh irs destroyed the other one yeah right um, so he's like okay okay oh you when he bring buys like a comically large one to mock him
0: rick martell gifted him that yes Um I I love the audience reaction because it's shocked. It's like, oh, and then but then silent.
1: Yeah, it's like cool that he's back. He's one of those guys that you always expected back somewhere, but then he does and it's still surprising. Yeah. Like I remember Scott and I used to joke he had this website in the early two thousands, uh, and he had this long bio about his career on the website. It said someday Tatanka will again rise to great. It was something like that. We used to laugh like, okay, and then he came back. We're like, oh shit, like he called it. Um, I do think he actually had one surprise return in '05 when they were at Mohegan Sun. He came uh, back at the casino.
0: Okay. Um,
1: and he did something to Eugene. I think that was like late '05, and then he co- comes back here for like the actual longer run. He's around for a little bit, I believe. Um, he, he teams with Matt Hardy, right? Yes. <laughs> I think they that's win the tag?
0: This. Do they win the tag titles?
1: No. I think they do. Or at least they're in the mix for them if yeah. they don't win
0: them. His, uh, his he, he looks a little worn out oh, for yeah. sure. But he looks okay. Like it's not yeah. horrible, but his no. music does not fit this era at all. No, but you got to keep it. You can't change it. Oh, I understand. Um, But I will say this. He comes into the match, and he starts attacking everybody. And it's the only yeah, time – Way
1: more aggressive, for sure. Yeah. He, he's, he cleans house with chops. He does the war dance. Yeah. The crowd does the tomahawk chop. Like Everyone, like, the focus is on him, and he's mauling guys. He's feeling it. Like, you can see he's, like, excited to be back. Um, He beats the shit out of Eminem. Yeah. And Cole calls it out. He
0: goes, the talk has been real impressive yeah. out there. It, it's insane that this is his most energetic run.
1: Yeah, well, he's probably just, like, the adrenaline of being back was probably just, like, flowing through him. And especially getting the spotlight moment. Right. Um... And he kinda settles in, but every time you see him, he's laying at piss missiles, the guy's chests so with chops. He's just like banging the shit out of him um with these heavy, heavy chops, like anytime you see him.
0: Yeah. Um I will say his mullet has not aged well at all. No. Should probably do something about he that. He
1: feels like a relic. He, he, the Indian in the cupboard. it <laughs> feel, feels like a, a relic for sure. I uh, opened up that, that chest to brought about here, but like he's just been frozen at time since nineteen ninety six.
0: I will um, say he gets him- we don't, we don't, we haven't done a lot of 2006, and we might have to right. stop this project before 2006, because at one point Cole, and this has nothing to do with Tatanka, but Cole goes, maybe someone's looking out for Rey Mysterio tonight. Oh God, and I I'm have. like, oh, come on, like. <laughs> 06 is a rough one. Yeah. Uh, so he gets some close teases. He
1: spends a bunch of time with Carlito. He definitely slows down as expected, like as it goes on, just from being gone for so long. And Colin King is shocked he's even in there yeah. as long as he is. Like they're like, whoa, he's still hanging on. He even tries a top rope chop. Like, God bless him. He was going for it. Yeah. Uh, and then he takes a snapshot from Eminem before getting tossed. So he went all in yeah. uh, at the end of the run here, too. So I thought it was one of his better, if not his best, appearances. He kept busy, had some offense, he showed some energy, he got a big pop, and he helped Eminem get over too. So like that was cool.
0: Yeah, I thought I, I agree. I, I thought that like it's insane that this is his best run.
1: Right. It it's not his highest score for us, but that's because of presentation overall. But yeah, it, it, it like action wise, it was definitely his best. And he did have that one quick return at O five. He showed up on that raw in the Eugene invitational. Um so he was involved like Angle and Eugene in their build up to SummerSlam. Right, right, right. He redebuted at a house show in December, but this was his T V review. Um and then he goes to SmackDown. Him and Hardy did defeat M to win the tag titles. I'm sorry, they did not to win them. They won a non-title match in No Way Out and then lost the title match. Um, and then he kind of did some vignettes. And then he's around until actually early 07. Wow. That's crazy. January 19th, 07 is when he's re- he asked to be released.
0: That's crazy. Look, I, I feel that his whole run in this run in this Rumble in in two thousand six is emblematic of the whole Rumble. Like right. that that like an, a slightly out of shape Tatanka is the surprise mm-hmm. entrant. <coughs> right. Like it, and I don't hold that against him. I just think it's a bad Rumble and yeah, like even the surprises are bad. Right. Um, but I do think it's a decent run for him. All in mm-hmm. all, um, I went one for presentation. Same. I, I bumped it up to a two for work rate because I, I'd forgotten about the, the jumping, the top rope chop. <laughs> yeah, he did the top rope
1: chop. He took the snapshot. He was laying in the heavy chops. He got the spotlight when he came in. and No, it, it was it was entertaining.
0: Yeah, and I went one for effectiveness, not because he threw anybody out or because he, he um, lasted 14 minutes, although 14 minutes isn't nothing. Uh, but more just because, I don't know, he popped the crowd a bit. He showed more energy than ever. Like… It, yeah, I'll bump him. I'll go one. I'll go one on effectiveness.
1: I thought it was an effective surprise. It wasn't a waste of a spot. You know, he helped get he helped get Eminem over,
0: which was cool. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, like nothing earth shattering here or anything, but still not definitely not a um, not a horrible run, and and nothing close to the boredom of his other run.
1: Definitely not. So this our changes leave him tied. Which I think is fitting, because 94 profile-wise was higher, but this was actually his best
0: Yes, and interaction. I think we should put him ahead of 94. Yes, yep. Do you want to put him just ahead, or do you want to put him ahead of Tornado?
1: 91. I like that Tornado 91.
0: Pardon me? Yeah.
1: I like Tornado 91.
0: All right, so we'll just put him right ahead. Mm-hmm. That lands him his top performance as the 146th best rumble (laughs) appearance of all time uh so we're going to talk about this in a minute but before we do um just you know in a snapshot into tonka four rumbles almost so 55 minutes in there he's always in there a long time 14 Mm -hmm. minutes average but only three eliminations
1: yeah it just doesn't accomplish much it's a bunch of wasted opportunity
0: yeah absolutely Now, uh, before we go to our individual performers, because the only person who makes the individual performers, because you know, in our system, you have to have been at least three Rumbles to Mm -hmm. qualify to be, because it's an average. Uh, Let's run down our top 10 Rumble performances of all time.
1: Okay. Number 10 is Psycho Sid Insane
0: Justice, 1992. Yes. Number nine, Brett the Hitman Hart, 1994. Number eight, The Ultimate Warrior,
1: 1990.
0: Number seven, Hulk Hogan, 1990.
1: Number six, Shawn Michaels, 1996
0: number five the undertaker 2002 number four Shawn michaels 2007 number three hulk hogan 1989 number two Shawn michaels 2010 and number one still probably forever rick flair 1992 mm-hmm. so nothing changes but not a surprise based on who we're looking at today now you know tatanka does qualify for our 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 top performers uh so far with tatanka we have 38 performers and Tatanka drops in at number 30. And I think this is really bad for him. That seems like way too high. Well, until you look <laughs> at who's around him.
1: I know. It's bad for him. But when you think of what we just went through, yeah, like, I would rather watch the Warlords 11 minutes than Tatanka's.
0: Oh, yeah, For sure. Yeah, but I mean, like, when you look look at the people below him, right? Coco, Honky, Dino, mm. Terry Taylor, Virgil, Charles Wright, Luke and Warlord. Right. Compare their pushes to his.
1: Right, and even the guys right above him—it's Jimmy Snuka, Butch, Hercules, Janetty. Like, I mean, he should be above those guys. He should be up there at least with Haku, Tito,
0: yeah. Smash.
1: Like, if not higher. Like, I mean, if you look at the, his push, he should be up there with with Duggan, Martel, and Valentine. You
0: know. Yeah, exactly. Like, it, it, Crush, like, Crush is 17th right now, and Tatanka's 30th. So it, that just speaks to how terrible they handled him in Royal Rumbles. And, and how he handled himself, really. Yep. All right. Let's drop the top ten uh, and we're out of here. Number ten, Jake the Snake Roberts. Number nine, Mr. Perfect. Number eight, The Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. Number seven, Rowdy Roddy Piper. Number six, Ric Flair. Number five, Macho Man Randy Savage. Number four, Brett the Hitman Hart. Number three, The Undertaker. Number two, The Greatest of All Time, Shawn Michaels. And number one, the Immortal Hulk Hogan. Again, no changes, but a really disappointing uh, showing from talk about.
1: I can't even talk about it anymore. No, Keep on rumbling. We'll talk to you in two weeks with our next set of competitors. <laughs>